Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked on Canadians, we're going to talk when is Arbor Jacki coming back to the Montreal Canadiens, and it is a day late, three up and three down. You are Locked on Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 971 of Locked on Canadian. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use code Locked on NHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply, of course. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. And as always, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you get your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you are watching on YouTube.com as well. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, we said last week we weren't going to push three up, three down back again, but then we forgot the Canadians played on Sunday and we kind of had to push it back just to fit everything into this episode how are, are we, we getting feeling? two games in a row on a weekend is what I want to know. And then no games until Wednesday and then no games until Saturday. Sorry. Sorry. You were about to say, how am, how am I doing? <laughs> I would say, how are you doing? How are we feeling after they split the weekend going one and one against the Sabres and Predators this weekend? Uh, I unfortunately missed the Predators game uh, due to some uh, family commitments. <laughs> it Okay. So here's the thing. For most of the game, if you if you were following it on social media or whatever, you would hear nothing but complaints. Uh, they did not look good. They did not look good, okay? But they picked it up, and then they played really, 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 really well. They didn't win the game, but there were so many chances and, like, legitimate, like... I know people like to call them high-danger chances. I like to call them meaty chances. There's a lot of meat, <laughs> Um, but it didn't start out well. Well, I mean, I guess we've seen the Canadians never play well in a back-to-back this year, but going one-and-one is fine. Obviously, you can listen to Laura's episode. Just got the recap from the weekend and everything for you, including a game where I said, I'm not going to go to the Sabres game because they always lose when I go, and then they managed to play a very fun, exciting game with a Slavkovsky shootout winner and everything. It had everything I would have wanted in a game, and I didn't get to go watch it because I am a fool, uh, to be quite honest. (laughs) I don't know if you're a fool or not, Scott, because they usually let you down. But I think this is a thing. Listeners should Venmo you not to go to these Sabres games. They just asked for my advice. And a bunch of people that we know from Twitter came down for the game and didn't ask to hang out or anything on the weekend. So, like, okay, <laughs> I am yelling at you mostly with this. So, like, but that's not the point. You can listen to Laura's Monday recap and everything here. But the big question is the Laval Rocket have now played three games with Arbor Jack Eye in the lineup. They've gone one and two in those games, and they've gotten progressively better. The game they played on Saturday, which was the Teddy Bear Toss game, 3 p.m. start, was phenomenal. Much better game for the team all the way around. They were motivated. Riley Kidney, uh, two goals and an assist. Uh, Arbor Jacki looked good. Everyone is asking, when is Arbor Jacki coming back to the Canadians lineup here? And also, why isn't Arbor Jacki fighting everybody who... Uh, lays a hit on anybody questionably in the AHL. And I'm going to start with the second half of this question first, is that 
uh, in, I believe it was uh, Saturday's game, Friday or Saturday's game, one of the two. Uh, Matt Rempe, it was it was definitely Saturday's game. Uh, six foot seven, Matt Rempe hit Xavier Simino with a leaping hit to the head. Xavier Simino is five foot seven on a good day, being out weight out you know stretched by a foot hit in the head, and everyone's like, did Jack guy go after him? Did he get his revenge later in the game? One, the guy got kicked out of the game, so no. And he's not going to fight a dude wearing a full face mask because that's very, very stupid. The biggest thing about this whole assignment to the AHL was to work on refining parts of Arbor Jacki's game. Defensively, decision-making, making plays with the puck. And what I've noticed from Arbor Jacki in this is he's making smart, assertive decisions. In the offensive zone, he is committing, making good passes, making good reads staying where he needs to be defensively. He hasn't really, you know, stretched the bounds of where we know we can be at and that we know we can see him, you know, rough and tumble along the boards there with big hits. He hasn't had to be that guy because he's focusing a lot on his positioning and keeping himself in the right areas. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, the when is Arbor Jack guy going to start fighting people thing is it's a disservice to the player. I feel like, uh, Arbor Jacki is more than just a dude who beats people up. He's a dude who beats people up, but can also play a very serviceable brand of hockey. And I know the Canadians are missing some of that physical edge in the NHL right now, but I don't want to see Jacki back in the lineup just because people want to see him fight NHL fourth liners or bottom pairing defensemen. It, it's a disservice to him as a prospect. And it kind of makes me sad that there's this reductionist view of what Arbor Jack guy is to the Montreal Canadiens right now. Yeah. I was going to say, as you were saying, I don't want to see him in the NHL for, to punch faces. I want to see him in the NHL to play defense. That's what I want to see him in the NHL for. And it's really funny too, because this is the second segment that we spend on Arbor Jack guy and Arbor Jack guy is not on the NHL team. <laughs> and um, this is how much he means to the fans. This is how much he's part of the, the discourse. So I can't wait to see him back. But I don't just want to see him back because he's a fan favorite. I want to see him back because the Canadians are like they would be better with him playing uh, on the defense. And here's the hard part is it has become a lot harder now to where does he slot in? Because they're still missing Jordan Harris. Uh, David Savard has just come back from injury. Uh, I missed who came out of the lineup on Sunday, unfortunately, just because I wasn't able to watch the game there. But I know David Savard was back. Matthias well, Norlinder, I know, be, was. Hmm? Yeah, they're going to be loaning Matthias or they loaned Matthias Norlinder to Laval. But I'm, I I don't know who out of the lineup that played in Buffalo on Saturday came out for David Savard. Because uh, I know. I did the thing talk is, about it yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't I had a chance to listen. I've had a busy Monday for work, unfortunately. But the hard part is Jaden Struble coming up, and he's been very good. Good problem to have. We know Jordan Harris is coming back. And we know he's a very good defenseman. We know Caden Gooley is good. We know Jonathan Kobasevich is a Swiss Army knife kind of fill in there. We know who Mike Matheson is. We know David Savard is that defensive stay-at-home guy here. And then you have Justin Barron, who provides an offensive upside my thought is you send Gustav Lindstrom back down. Maybe you, I don't want them to send Jaden Struble back down because I don't think that he's deserving to be sent down with how well that he's played. And we'll have more on that in another segment here, but it's a very tough decision that if they, if they think that Jaden Struble should stay in the NHL, 
then you trade one of the vets or something that doesn't fit in here. You trade Gustav Lindstrom now. I don't think anyone would be upset if you got like a sixth round pick for it because he was the throw in in the Jeff Petrie trade, you know? Uh, but the path is not as clear, and I get why they want Arbor Jack I in the AHL. He's on the top pair, so he's playing 20 minutes a night. He's getting reps in there. He's not going to get that same ice time at the NHL level right now because Matson's going to play 24 minutes a night. Gooley's going to play another 20, and then you're picking scraps afterwards there, you know? He can easily step in and play those big minutes, but there's not a guarantee of that every night. And I I prefer that he get the reps right now. It's the same thing when people are like, when is Logan Mayu going to get called up? When is Lo-? Let him get the reps there because it's working. We're seeing the improvement there. And it's not a snap your fingers. They're very clearly good to go. Like Cole Caulfield went to the AHL and was immediately too good for the league. This is a different situation on that. It's I'm surprised that it wasn't just the three games and they kind of shuffled things around because I thought David Savard had more time on the IR list there. But there's a lot of things coming to a head now. You have goaltending stuff. You have a lot of defensemen. You have more injuries. It's There's a lot of things coming to a head for the Canadians heading into the new year here. And I think Kent Hughes is going to be a uh, very busy man over his Christmas vacation at this point. And I think that to me, like, I feel like we're, we're going to talk about injuries coming up. I know that. But... The decision making for me as somebody who has ADHD, like I don't want to be in Kent Hughes' position right now. <laughs> that that's fair. I don't want to be in Kent Hughes' in his position right now because like pick a goalie, pick a defenseman, pick a prospect, pick pick like the goalie situation right now. Honestly, is so stressful for me. I'm losing hair over it, and I don't have to do anything. Yeah, it's there's a lot with that, and we will get into the goaltending situation later on in the show, if in a good way. Don't worry, but we do have our, well, now, sometimes not Monday tradition. It is three up and three down. We always start with the down because we want to get the negative out of the way first, and that's all coming up in our next segment. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Sleeper, and a new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. We were hoping Cole Caulfield could hit 50 goals this year. We know fans around Canada are hoping the year, that this is the year the Stanley Cup comes back home to somewhere in Canada, and you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy Hockey app of the Lockdown NHL Network, and it is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests there. It's so easy to use, and the thing is, all you have to do, find what stars that you think are going to record more or less than their sleeper projection thing that like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, or more in a given game. Is Crosby going to, you know, do Sidney Crosby? Thing? Is Connor McDavid going to stay ridiculously hot? Is Caden Primo going to make 40 saves every single time he plays in a game? All you have to do to win 100 times your bet on sleepers, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. That's right, Habs fans. You heard me. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey. With sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Just use promo code Lockdown NHL and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code Lockdown NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. And if you are new to the show, hello and welcome. Normally, the first episode of the week, we do three up and three down, but because of the Sunday game, Laura has game recaps and everything squared away for that, so we had to push it back another day, and we always start with the down segment here, because we always want to get the negative out of the way early and send the people home happy, 
which is usually the old wrestling adage that send the folks home happy. So let the baby faces win the main event, etc. But we're going to start with the downs here. And the biggest thing is, and this happened in the Buffalo game, Tanner Pearson out four to six weeks with an upper body injury because the Canadians cannot help but continue to suffer injuries across the board on things. And I know it's Tanner Pearson. It's a bottom six kind of player here, but it is now he's another. He's a serviceable bottom six player is the thing. And he's trade asset that he is on an expiring deal who started out decently, but if he can get some production out of that, it, it's like when Mike Hoffman and Sean Monahan, et cetera, got hurt last year that their value just plummeted because they weren't playing. He's going to miss about a month and a half to two months here. That's a lot of time. That's going to bring us into his injury is going to bring us to the beginning of February. And then you have a couple of weeks to get him back on track before the trade deadline. I, I it's, I don't even know what to say anymore. Cause it's not like, Oh, they're playing through an injury. They're getting hurt in games and then immediately being out long-term. I like, I don't know what entity cursed this franchise, but stop it. I'm, I'm begging you to stop it, please. Like just a little bit at this point, just a little reprieve from the injuries. At this point, if you sign with or are traded to the Montreal Canadiens, you can expect a four to six week absence in your very near future. That's what it looks like to me. It's an average of four to six weeks, right? Like we're, we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing obviously a long-term, like a year long injury, which, oh my God, it still hurts my heart to think what could have been. But at the same time, like, I don't understand what it is. Like, are other teams experiencing this? I know there are injury curses all across the league, but I don't know if it's this bad. And, and that's the thing is it's like everything keeps compiling here. It's like, okay, Doc, out for the year. You lose this, you lose this, you lose this. And it's like, what the hell, you know? And and it it hurts the team because it you're constantly shuffling the lineup here. Like, we found one thing that works, then one thing breaks, you know? And now you got to shuffle the lineup a little bit. Is it, you know, do you move Yessi alone and up? Is it going to be Yolar Mia in that spot? What do you do to fill where Tanner Pearson was now? Because the call-up bodies aren't super deep right now either, dealing with their own injuries with the Rocket. And it and the one part of this, and this is actually going to perfectly tie into kind of my next down segment here, and that we might only have two for this because this is going to be a minute. Uh, Justin Barron got buried from behind in the Sabres game that ended up being a five minute major in which NHL officiating had themselves a weekend, not a good weekend. They had quite a weekend with a huge inconsistency across everything, which is the only consistent part we've come to expect from them. And in the span of a day, you had the uh, Dylan Larkin being cross-checked by Parker Kelly and Matthew Joseph resulting in David Perron cross-checking Matthew Joseph in the face and is likely getting suspended for that followed up by Eric Robinson hitting uh, Justin Barron from behind which Kyle Poso had words about because the next day Erica Branson was hit from behind by Nick Cousins there was not a call on the play so good Branson got up chased Cousins down the ice beat him up and he has the hearing for roughing and then i believe it was uh ryan strome went knee on knee with one of the winnipeg jets got five in a game will suffer no external discipline beyond that it was not a good weekend there's no consistency in nhl officiating in that some of these calls should have been instantaneous five done what are you doing 
And players are upset because, oh, this wasn't called this last time. And I think it was a Sabres game where one of their players was hit from behind and it was called a two-minute minor in that same situation. And it sounds gross because Justin Barron was clearly shaken up on the play. And I understand where Ocpozo is coming from, even if I don't agree with his point. I am once again asking, when are we going to get any sort of like baseline NHL officiating here? Because people are getting hurt. And it seems like it's egregiously bad this year. They're calling soft things and letting other things go. It's it's terrible. And this isn't just a Habs-centric complaint, and I know it's not. I hope people don't take it as that. But, oh, my God, what are we doing here, honestly? Honestly, what we're doing here is we're letting a league get out of control. We're letting players get out of control. It's exactly like you said. Like When they don't see anything happen to you, they're going to go like Good Branson, taking, taking it into his own hands. I think... They need to not just be baseline. They need to also be consistent. Like it feels like they're getting maybe one out of 10 calls, right? And nobody's perfect for sure. And we've talked about the officiating before. And then we even had somebody ask us, can you please have a constructive argument about this? But there's somebody has to do something because it's like, it's not even it's, I said inconsistent, but sometimes it's not even there. Like the NHL really has to put their foot down and say, we are not going to tolerate these egregious, like, like retaliations or uh, targeting or injuries or whatever. Like, I think at this point, they need to overcorrect a little bit just so that we can get back to normal. And here's the thing is, it's not just the NHL. The The hit on Xavier Simino in the Rocket game on Saturday was initially called nothing. There wasn't a penalty being called on the play at all. And that to me is like, I don't know how you miss a six foot seven guy jumping and hitting someone in the head and a player slumped unconscious on the ice for at least 15 seconds afterwards. And you don't stop the play. It took them so long that they huddled. I thought they weren't going to call anything. This is not just a, an NHL complaint, just the one that we all see the most. So it's the one we complain the most about, but I, I don't understand how you miss these things or how you can't find a baseline. If you hit someone from behind in the numbers or you hit them in the head, it should be five in a game. The IIHF has this correct, that if you hit someone in the head, incidental or not, you were done. You want to cut down hits to the head, you do that. You want to cut down hits from behind, you do that. If you don't levy a punishment that you know is an actual deterrent to the problem, it's never going to happen. Not that, and the IIHF has these issues. We see it at the World Championships. We see it in World Juniors every year, but the incidents are far less. Like I haven't turned the game on tonight, but I guarantee you there will be at least one incident tonight where I go, "That probably should have been called a hit to the head or something else." Uh, surprise, everyone! You got another officiating rant. It's been a hot minute since the last one, so uh, we are going to move on though because we like to keep the show light. We have our positives and everything. We're going to talk about Yuri Slavkovsky. We're going to talk about the backup goalie position and is an AHL contracted player going to get promoted up to the NHL this year. We'll discuss all that and more in our final segment. But first, this show is also brought to you by the friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride-or-die vehicle alive every day. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has got you 
covered. With over 122 million parts, your number one rider to die vehicle will find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your vehicle every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, you're not burning cash or a hole in your wallet. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die vehicle alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, and eBay guaranteed fit available only to United States customers. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. If you ever want to tweet us uh, segment suggestions, mailbag questions, thoughts, concerns, memes uh, that are appropriate, uh, at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter.com. Laura's at the active stick. I'm at Scott Matla. Uh, it is time for the up part of the final or of our the final segment of our show today has been a long day. My brain is operating at like four brain cells at this point. Also, we always end. Scott, I just have a question. Yes. You hate pickles, but you're somehow dressed in pickle colors today, and even your glass has pickle color. I know it's a Packers game, but you're 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 yeah. This is also lemonade flavored. I thought it was a pickle colored glass. Sorry, I interrupted. No, that's that's it's it's a lemonade flavor redacted drink. Um, so people don't yell at me. Uh, anyways, it is the <laughs> it's the up segment of today's show, and I want to start with the biggest thing here. And the biggest takeaway I had from the Sabers game is: Has Caden Primo earned the backup role now? He's looked good even without some of the wins here. He's looked a lot more solid than we've seen before, and I'm more willing to forgive some of the foibles in his game where he isn't maybe as uh, as dialed in as like Jake Allen is. Like this year, he's played six games, or um, let's see here, he is this year. He's three and three, three point four goals against, point nine oh two save percentage with one assist, two penalty minutes goon uh but like (laughs) i it's hard for me to not look at that and be like yeah that's perfectly fine for a backup uh jake allen is at a 3.58 901 save percentage he's three six and two on the year admittedly allen has gotten some harder starts in there and montembo is the entrenched starter but I think this goaltending thing is kind of bringing itself to a close here. I think that Primo's proving himself to be a little bit more solid than I had anticipated coming into this year. And based on the cheapness of his deal, he has another year on it after this one. It really makes sense that you kind of run Montembo Primo for right now, unless someone offers you a haul for Caden Primo at this point, I would think. Right. And that's the thing. I think right now I, we keep saying you know what is Kent Hughes waiting for what is Kent Hughes waiting for because there was it was Montambo and then two guys like right like one who has a proven past but is all, also on the downside and has had a couple of games where you're like eh questioning him now and then the opposite a young guy who you've been eh questioning him for a while and now you know that he's got a bit more experience he's looking more and more steady and I think the decision is really Who's asking and what's the return? And that's the thing is, I think the biggest thing here, though, is that I am very happy to see Caden Primo kind of find some level to his game. And admittedly, his numbers are helpfully boosted a little bit by making 46 saves against Buffalo and coming up pretty big in the shootout in that game. 
Uh, I'm happy to see maybe that consistent. Maybe he does. He caps out as a 905 NHL goaltender. That's not bad. Perfectly fine backup in the modern NHL right now until we get to that next tier of goaltending prospects. And I'm, I would happily run that because it means they're trying to see what they have in this. You know what Jake Allen is at this point. And I like and I respect Jake Allen, but I would rather do this, that if you're going to lose, lose younger than lose older, if that makes sense on that. Uh, speaking of that shootout against Buffalo, uh, one, Jesse Alonen is disgusting. Shootout specialist, an absolute freak, but he is not Give the person I want to. more opportunities. Well, good thing Tanner Pearson's injured. I'm sorry, Tanner, but if there's anyone who's going to benefit from you, it should be Yessi Yolen in here. Yuri mm-hmm. uh, Slavkovsky was ice cold. In that. He had a fight in that game, no less, too, which every now and then, and I've seen this more and more from him since he's been on the top line, Yuri Slavkovsky plays like he realizes he's a six foot four murder toddler on knife shoes and is bigger than most people on the ice. He uses the body, he uses his reach, he uses his everything to scan the zone and everything. He is he's finding that next level. And yes, I know there's seven points on the season that there's going to be more there. The process and building blocks are there, like we talked about last week. But his shootout winner, he had Devin Levi just swimming. And Devin Levi is a very good young goaltender. Maybe struggling a little bit this year, but one of the best young prospect goaltenders in the world. And the Canadians had him just drowning out there. Caulfield beat him five hole. Suzuki mishandled the puck, but Yolanen absolutely disgusting. And then Slavkovsky goes in and with that wide reach scoops around, gets it around his pad, tucks it in and puts his hands up in the why not me celebration kind of thing. The maturation and development of Uri Slavkovsky, that confidence is it's oozing off of him without being arrogant. He knows he's playing well, and he's doing everything he can to keep that going. The best thing to have come out of any of this right now is that Uri Slavkovsky looks like he's taking those next steps and is improving game after game. And sooner or later, he's going to stop healing those one-timers on the power play, and we're going to watch that goal total just do one, expand, do one of these. And that is, that's what I want to see. And we're seeing the process, and that that's always going to get on the up list for me. I will always updo your Slavkovsky doing good things. Always, absolutely. And and that's the thing; it's taking a little bit longer than people expected. But I've noticed a very big change in the narrative surrounding him. And I don't want to say that we're completely out of the woods yet. I do think we're going to get a lot of silliness still. Every time he has a slump, every time he has any kind of setback, we are going to see we're going to see some some panicking amongst the fan base but he does he seems to have tuned it out right like it's not just the fan base it's the media as well people have been like you know when are we going to see what he has when are we going to see what he's bringing to the table you know how long is it going to take like what is wrong what is wrong and now what you're seeing is that he's able to kind of just drown all of that stuff out and mature at his own pace like i'm not super worried i think i think he's going to be good i think i think we're still you know we're still way early in his career to call it, but it's looking more and more steady and positive at this point. And I think steady is a big one because I don't know if it was just us as a fan base. I don't know if it was the discourse or whatever, but it felt a bit shaky, right? Last year, it felt a bit off and shaky. And I think now we're more, we're, we're, we're on far more solid ground. And I think that's a, a huge point there is that, 
there were points last year where it looks like he was good, but they were they were you know here and there. We've seen a stretch from him this season. And I think that is the most important part is that it is not one good game disappears. A decent game disappears. It is good game, good game, good game, good game. Maybe he has an off one here, there, but we're seeing more good games than we're seeing bad games. And I think that is, he's still only 19. Like this is a huge deal. His prime still two, three, four years away, depending on how you look at it. And if he's doing this now and he's getting all the the building blocks in there, uh, I think that's what you're hoping for as a Habs fan. And that's what I, that's what I'm lo- loving this season so far is that I'm seeing that progression for him right now, and he's doing it now without Kirby Doc, which, which is, I know. He, yeah, I know it's Nick Suzuki, but also like it's a good thing to have happen right now. Right. Uh, for our final up, Laura, we had a mailbag question kind of tied to this, did we not? We did. We had Lucas P asking us, hey guys, can you explain why Zinyak, who's having a really good year, is not assigned to NHL any NHL team? Uh, why would we not sign him just to make sure someone doesn't snatch him up? Or is there something about him that I'm unaware of? Well, he signed a two-year AHL contract last year um, after his first year with the Rocket. And he was injured and kind of was a, you know middling tier producer. He could be counted on for an occasional big goal and everything for the rocket, but he wasn't producing like this last year. And now I believe it was Anthony Marcotte, who is the play by play uh, for BPM sports in Montreal. who does the rocket games who mentioned that he's 10th in the AHL in scoring this year. He's having a really strong year and mentioned that he can't be far away from maybe getting that NHL contract there. He's consistent. He's worked on things defensively. Uh, and in Anthony's own words, speed merchant, he's one of the fastest players I've ever seen. And that includes people at the NHL level. He he has that Paul Byron speed that you're not expecting it. And then he is gone and he has passed you. Uh, he's been a huge piece for the Rocket uh, going all the way back to their first playoff run under Jean-Francois Houle. Uh, he's got a really good thing going with Joshua on that top line there. I wouldn't be shocked to see that maybe in the new year. Uh, they give him an AHL deal, give him some fourth line time there. I have to double check the rule on. I'm not sure if he gets an NHL deal, if he has to re-clear waivers then at that point, because I think their fear might be if he's on an AHL deal, no one's going to claim him uh, at that point. But if they sign him and he has to go on waivers to go back down to the AHL, there was always a chance he could be picked off of waivers by a team. And then you are now without your star AHL player and you no longer have that spot to fill there. But, uh, He's a really fun player. He's not the flashiest, but when he gets going speed-wise, it's just you're not catching him. Uh, one of the heart and soul guys on this Rocket team. that They had a good game on Saturday against the Wolfpack, had a decent one Friday night, still lost that one, but they ended the bleeding, and now they are heading uh, on the road this week. So you'll see plenty of Brandon Jignac this week. Uh, Laura, did you have any parting thoughts to add on the up list this week? No, that was it for me. I was just really excited about Slavkovsky. Like when we were even deciding what time we should sit down to record, that was the first thought that came to my head. So I'm just excited about that. I was going to say also special shout out. Jaden Struble's first NHL goal was a beauty on his former Northeastern teammate. Apparently they were hanging out before the game. He said, you got to let me get one. And Devin Levi said, no way, man, that's not going to happen. So he went out and did it anyways. Uh, Jaden Struble's ascent to an NHL defenseman is impressive and definitely something that I think we're going to spend a little bit more time on uh, later this week.
But as of right now, we are going to wrap up the show with y'all today. As always, you can find us wherever you find your daily podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, wherever you find that. And if you are interested in video, we are on youtube.com. Just look up Locked On Canadians. And when you're done with us, check out Locked On Sports today, the first 24-7 streaming channel. All of our local experts are national shows 24-7. That is Locked On Sports today. Tell all your friends, subscribe, and folks, we will see you all next time.